coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and joining me today here in the Glory UGA studio, if that's what you want to call my home office, we'll go with it. But joining me today is my co-host, Charlie. And Charlie, it's good to have you back, as always. Yeah? Yeah. How are you holding up? I'm okay. Why should I not be holding up? Well, well we might not play again on Saturday. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm trying to like not think about that. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yeah. So if you guys haven't heard, like, who knows, we might not be playing in this week, which like it sucks under any circumstances to have a game postponed or canceled. I mean, this one gets postponed. It might not be played. Who knows? But like when the last vision of Georgia football that we have was the loss in Jacksonville, it's like, oh my God, just let me play anyone, please. We'll play Clark Central High School. Let us play somebody so that we can get that memory of Florida off our minds. At least like get that sour taste out of my mouth. I, I, I hate that. After a bad loss like that, it takes this long to get a game in. I mean, please, God, let us play this week. But if you haven't seen the news, guys, I don't, well, there's not any hard news, but it seems like Mississippi State, uh, they've just been decimated by opt-outs, transfers, COVID. It's, it's like the trifecta, right? And uh, I think as of today, we're recording this Thursday evening, last I heard they were down to 54 players available for this game. And they had their last round of COVID testing today, which is supposed to get those results back early tomorrow morning. So I guess we'll know by lunch tomorrow if we're playing lunch on friday yeah on friday and 54 is only one more than 53 so wow you're good at math this is what i do all day mathematical <sighs> reasoning see I, I had put this out of my mind i had convinced myself we're playing well, and now you're bringing this up are you trying to to I destroy am me optimistic but i'm also realistic yeah, you can be optimistic and realistic, but like, why do you have to bring it up on the show? Why do we got to talk about this? Like, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be optimistic here. I'm hanging on by a thread, and here you are trying to cut that thread. I think it's only fair that the listeners also have to put up with your my what um, paranoia and anxiety and all the other things that we deal with as your friends. How dare you? On a daily basis. How dare you? The random text messages. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're making stuff up. You also send people like random COVID articles. It's like I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be positive. Like I'm. I am really trying. It's hard. It's hard out there. But when other people send you back, like, hey, they only have one more person they can lose before the game's canceled, and then it's like your world implodes. Well, yeah. Well, what do you expect? Like. You know I live for this, and we're—I mean, if I—if I, if two games are potentially not played, yeah, they might get rescheduled. Who knows? But if they're not played, like, that sucks. Yeah, it's entertaining for other people to enjoy. Oh, you get entertainment out of my misery. I mean, it's not your misery. It's just yes, the it way, is. The way you react to it is entertaining. Okay. <clears throat> all right. I hate you, but that's okay. Okay. But I'm, I guess I'm all right. But anyway, look, nobody wants to hear about my mental state. So let's get to the picks. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's get to the picks, which is why everyone is here in the first place. Last week, we had an abbreviated batch of picks to make with all the postponements across the SEC last week. Here we go again, talking about postponements. Uh, so with all that happening last week, we called an audible and, and we did a combined like surplus mailbag slash picks episode. We only picked five games because there wasn't that much to choose from. 
but it was actually our best week of the season from a picks perspective. I finally hit that elusive perfect score on the straight up picks. That's awesome. Uh, I had a, I had come close a couple different times this season, going seven and one a couple different times. But last week, I finally nailed it. And yeah, sure, I know the naysayers will say there are only five games to pick, but minor details, minor details. I'll take it. I'll take whatever I can get. So I did go five and zero straight up last week, but in an extremely annoying turn of events, I actually didn't gain a game on Charlie as she also went. 5-0. and oh. So, congratulations, Charlie. Did you have any idea that you went 5-0? and oh? Is this the first you're hearing of this? This is the first I'm hearing of this. I'm shocked. You don't keep track of the picks, like, all, all day long? No, like, what? I, I keep it a surprise and find out on... What? You don't, what? So, you're... I know you watch football. You're paying attention. You don't remember the picks that you made on Friday? No, I have a horrible memory. So, unless I have a spreadsheet, like, printed out where I keep all of our picks, like, I don't remember... But it doesn't make any sense. Even if you don't have a horrible memory, don't you think... Like, okay, so if you picked... Let's say you picked... Florida beat Arkansas on Thursday, and you're watching the Florida-Arkansas game, well, you, you don't say, well, yeah, I think Florida's going to win? Well, I, I, I know who I pick overall, like, to win the game. Now, it's the ones oh, when the I'm picking against the spread that I cannot remember to save my life. But there are times where I'm like, did I pick Florida, or did Tyler pick Florida, or was it the listener that picked that person? Because when, I, when we're recording, I'm putting in the picks for everyone. I mean, I put my own in there, so in my mind, they just get jumped. Well, you gotta earn your keep around it's here. It's like it's like a crossword puzzle in my brain, and I can't. All the letters and numbers are just going together. See, I know exactly what I pick. Yeah, no. I'm watching every game, like living and dying with it, because oh, I is, want to beat you. I'm not gonna lie, I want to beat you every week. It's real great for the Pick'em League because oh, yeah. they pick such random games that. I am horrible about being able to log into the thing because I can't ever remember. Yeah, you my you text me like every Friday, like, can you help me with this? I forgot how to sign in. I'm like, I don't, I don't even. Actually, you texted me last week. I forgot how to get to the page. Yeah. So what are you talking about? I, I then you've been doing this for two months. I know. I handed my phone to my husband and told him to figure out how to pull it up. And then I think I did it in like two minutes. And because I get really frustrated with the confidence picks. Because they pick games yeah, you always complain about that. that can go either way. Like, there are so many games that could take so many spots. So, last week I was just clicking move here, move here, move here, and press submit. Scientific, like guys, minutes. right here. You've heard it. Well, I mean, like, if, going back to the spread, you say you forgot about the spread. Like, let's be real. Like, you just figured out what the, how the spread worked, like, a I year s- ago. I still find it confusing. I don't understand. I got it. I get it if you haven't been like looking at it your entire life or your adult life, but like, to me, it's like I don't see how you don't. I, I don't see how you don't understand it. You're you're an incredibly intelligent individual, and I just don't understand how you don't. Get I understand it. it. I just have to think really hard about it in order to understand what I'm looking at. It's very simple. If the team that's favored, thank you for making me feel dumb. I'm not trying to make. You, well, you've made luckily, me feel dumb every week. Luckily, I don't care if you think I'm dumb. I don't think you're dumb. I just called you an incredibly intelligent individual. Well. I just like it's 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 just interesting to me how someone who is so intelligent can't figure out something that I find to be very simple because I'm not a smart man. I am I'm like a Forrest Gump man. I'm not a smart man over here, guys. But I I can figure out. I just feel like someone who has as much intelligence as you should be able to handle that. I just have to think about it. Okay, fair enough. And you, uh, t- to your credit, like it's not something that you've you you haven't been a uh, sports gambler for very long. No. So I get it. I get it. Uh, fair enough. I get it. But Charlie, you also went five and zero. So congratulations, a little golf clap for you here. Uh, our guest host Todd, who sent in his picks, had a pretty solid week as well. 
Uh, he went out on a limb. I got to give the guy credit. He went out on a limb, took a flyer on South Carolina over Ole Miss. And I got to respect that. I respect the courage there, man. But he ended up going three and two straight up. All that means that Charlie is still in the lead in our straight up standings with a 44 and 19 record. Yes, I'm still two games back with a 42 and 21 record. Uh, that's got to change. Got to change quickly. We're running out of weeks here. And our guest hosts are coming in at 37 and 26. Charlie and I both also went four and one against the spread because she copied my picks. Uh, Todd went two and three, which means I am I still have a comfortable lead in our against the spread standings with a 37 and 26 overall record. Charlie trailed me by a couple of games at 33 and 30, and our guest hosts coming in at 30 and 33 overall against the spread. And this week, guys, we we had planned on having a guest host again this week. But it's just proving really hard to get a hold of the people that win the Pick'em League each week. We're trying to get a hold of people, but we're having a hard time making that happen. Uh, we, we tried to work out a backup plan, but it was a little, a little too late in the week uh, for, to make that work out. So, uh, yeah, it's just me and Charlie again this week. But we, are, we will do our best to have someone back again for the Thanksgiving slate next week. So we'll try. We'll try our best. And, again, if you, uh, if you are doing the Pick'em League, which is awesome. We have a lot of people doing that. It's been a lot of fun and you notice that you win that week or you're up near the top, uh, just send us a DM and uh, we'll let you know um, how, to, how to contact us and how to get up on here because we definitely want you guys that are winning the, the Pick'em League each week to be able to join us on the show. We always have fun with that interaction. But today, Charlie and I, we're going at it and we're going we're gonna to make this happen. And there are almost just as many games postponed this week as there were last week. But fortunately, most of the SEC games this week, unlike last week, are still in play as of right now. So we have a full slate of games to pick today. We've got eight games for you guys. Charlie, what's up first today? All right, first up, Ohio State will host Indiana this weekend after having an unexpected bye week last week, one of those canceled games. We all know Ohio State will most likely get one of the college football playoff spots with likely Heisman contender Justin Fields. Do you really Field. think that, though? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, so Ohio State already lost one game. They're already playing a shortened season because the Big Ten started so late. They've already lost one game to, to a cancellation. If they get another game or two canceled, which is very possible, do you really think they're going to have enough games, enough data points that the college playoff committee is going to put them in? I think they're a favorite. I think just because they're a I big wouldn't boy. be shocked. Yeah, their name. Just because their name. Yeah, Status. that's that's a shame. But yeah, probably, it'll probably happen. You're but right. But they Sorry. have Justin Fields. The spread is twenty and a half in favor of the Buckeyes, but Indiana has surprised a lot of people this season. Well, this seems like a lot. It probably isn't for the high-powered offense under Ryan Day, so I'll go with Ohio State to win and cover. Tyler? Yeah, this is one of those games where it's pretty obvious who the more talented team is, and the line reflects that. It's almost three touchdowns here. The line also reflects the fact that it is patently absurd that Indiana is ranked inside the top 10. Huh? Indiana top 10? Like, what are, what are we talking about here? Yeah, you're 4-0. Cool. But the four teams you have beaten are combined 3-13. Guys, right now, Indiana, yeah, 4-0. Cool. Awesome. But they're averaging 0.1 yards per play more than their opponents this year. They are getting by by the skin of their teeth, and they haven't played anyone worth anything this year. I'm not saying Indiana is trash. They aren't. I've watched three of their games this year. They're pretty good. They're a good, solid top 25 team. They're far better than your average Indiana team. But top 10? I mean, come on. Like, look, Indiana is a solid team. 
And I know we're, we have our issues, but come on, guys. We're, we would beat Indiana pretty comfortably. So get out of here with that. Uh, the, the top 10 ranking, that's based on nothing more than just, than just sentiment and, and the fact that it's a good story. Indiana is not normally good. They're beating teams they don't ever really beat. So, hey, good for them, good story. It's also based on the fact that, once again, Michigan and Penn State were woefully overrated coming into the season, and they're getting that credit, that credit, that credit for beating big brands that are having significantly down years. But you know who isn't down this year, Charlie? Ohio State. They're not down this year. They're really, really good. Now, they've only played three games this year. I'll say that. Ohio State's only played three games. So I I have, like, all my questions about things, I do have some questions about Ohio State. They haven't all been answered, especially when you talk about that defense. But it's still safe to say they're the class of the Big Ten by a pretty wide margin. Maybe Wisconsin's up there to some degree, but I think Ohio State's clearly the class of the Big Ten. But yeah, again, I still do have a few questions about the defense, especially in the secondary. And I really like Indiana's wide receiver core. I mean, Ty Freifogel, Wap Filer, Peyton Hendershot at tight end. Those guys can play. They have a good group of receivers. And Michael Penix at quarterback, he's 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 good. He's good. He's putting up good numbers, at least the last couple games. But again, what, the level of competition isn't great. But this is a different animal that they're going against here. Um, and if you look at Ohio State, you mentioned Justin Fields, Charlie. Through three games, Justin Fields has been almost perfect. It's truly painful for me to watch. I mean, the guy is 72 of 83, 86.7% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions in three games against all Big Ten opponents. Not great Big Ten opponents, but still Big Ten opponents. And Indiana simply has no answer for him. They don't have any answer for that offense. For the receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, they don't have answers for those guys. So Ohio State definitely wins this game. I strongly considered going with Indiana to cover the 20 and a half. Because, again, I have watched them play, and they're a good team. And I think they can keep it close for a half or so. They might be one of those games where at halftime, you're like, oh, man, man, it's like upset alert. Like all the halftime shows, talking about upset alert. You see that flash across your screen. But then the Buckeyes, with all that talent, they're going to pull away for a late cover. So give me Ohio State to win and cover the 20 and a half. All right. Unfortunately, Arkansas didn't beat Florida last weekend, but they have a chance to upset LSU on Saturday. Do we know if Sam Pittman will be back on the field? He tested positive I know, early last I think week. He, I think as of right now, he's the plan is yes, as far as I understand. But he probably hasn't been at practice. So. Well, I don't know. Like, what's it? Is it 10 days if you test positive? Yeah. So it just depends on when he tested positive first. Like, when what? Yeah. Like, I don't know. He probably hasn't, yeah, he probably has missed a couple days. I've been in the building the entire time. Well, I've got a stat for you. With LSU only favored by two points this season after being favored over the Hogs by 42 last year, this spread ranks as the 10th biggest point spread difference in consecutive years since 1999. Let's not talk about how old we were in 1999. <laughs> That's like, Charlie, bravo. That's an incredible stat. Thank well done. You. Thank you. Well, did you did you crunch those numbers yourself? Took some digging to find that one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 42 point spread last year, only a two point spread this year. That is a massive turnaround. That is what you call a turnaround, no doubt. Yeah. Good stat. LSU's had a strange season and currently sits at two and three. The Tigers are missing Joe Brady and Joe Burrow, among others, this season. Really, really missing them. I mean, everybody on offense yeah. from last year, basically. I think Arkansas has the potential to upset LSU if they play discipline like they have so far this season. So I'm going with the Hogs to win and cover. A little mild upset here. Okay, yeah, look. It looks like Miles Brennan, the quarterback for LSU, is going to be out again. It looks like he's probably going to be out the rest of the year. Apparently, it's a an abdominal issue, something, some abdominal injury that also is connected to his hip. That sounds not fun. So it looks like he's probably out for the rest of the year. 
And I can't get past what I saw from the LSU quarterback position against what is like an okay Auburn defense that last time we saw them on Halloween. That was just a, an incredibly bad look. And LSU just really is not a good football team, especially on defense. And with Miles Brennan out, they aren't really good on offense either. I mean, right now they're 13th in the SEC in, over, in total defense, 11th in the league in scoring defense, 14th in the league in pass defense, and 12th in explosive plays allowed. This is a horrific defense. They're very bad. They're not. They're not like Ole Miss level bad, but they're very bad. And, and Arkansas is not like they're not a great football team, but they're a good, solid football team and a very well-rounded team. Felipe Franks, like in the, in the surprise of all surprises, the greatest turnaround in the history of turnarounds, is playing very efficiently at quarterback this year for Arkansas. While the LSU quarterback situation, as I said, it, I mean it's bad. It got ugly against Auburn. Max Johnson looked much better. Than, uh, than Finley did when he got in there. And now, obviously, that was late in the game and garbage time, but he looked pretty decent. We'll see how much playing time he gets this week. But I like the Hawks to control this game with their offensive balance. LSU just hasn't shown me that they can stop anyone with a pulse. And Arkansas, while they're not great, they got a pulse. So I'm with you here, Charlie. I'm going to take the Hawks to win in a mild upset in Fayetteville. All right. Number 10, Wisconsin will travel to Northwestern that is currently ranked number 19. I feel like that's pretty good ranking for Northwestern. For Northwestern, yeah. Yeah. So I actually looked at the AP poll history for Northwestern, and their highest or best ranking was as number three in 1995, and they were ranked number 13 in 1996 and as recently as 2015. Yeah, they made a run to the Big Ten title game a couple years back. I would personally love to go to a game in Northwestern, but I would want it to be like in September. So it will be awesome, but then like – we got Georgia games going on. Like, how does yeah, that happen? How does so that work? Cold. So cold. Chicago is just an awesome town. It's yeah. fantastic. I mean, it's not necessarily exactly Chicago, but close, close enough. enough. Anyways, Northwestern is currently 4-0 and Wisconsin is 2-0. Coming off a huge win at the Big House last weekend against Michigan. They've been on cloud nine all week, I'm sure. So that may make it tough for the Badgers to get up for a game against Northwestern. But I think Paul Chris will have his team ready to play, especially since it's only their third game of the season. They must hate that. They like they've able... only been they've only played two games. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's say hey, would you wait as long as they did to play and the protocols between us and plays? Yeah. I mean, Poor it's just guys. set up for failure. But I think the Badgers will win and cover this one, but it may get closer than we think. I don't know. We'll see. What about you? I'm kind of like, to go back to what you just alluded to, Charlie, I'm still not sure how good Wisconsin is when they've only played a handful of games this year. Like, they're good. They're a good team. I'm not saying they're not good. They are. But, like, exactly how good is Wisconsin right now? Northwestern is kind of like Arkansas. They're, they're not great. They're not championship caliber, caliber by any stretch, but they're a good, solid team that plays good defense. They're efficient on offense. And I watched the entire game that they played versus Purdue. I watched it on Tuesday. Yeah, the game was played Saturday. That's what I do, guys. I record games. I can't watch them all. I want to watch as many games as possible. So I save games like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I black out and don't look at games. So yes, that's what I do. I'm weird. Uh, but I watched that entire game on Tuesday, and I, I was impressed with how much they've improved offensively. They averaged under 300 yards a game last year, guys, on offense. They were, they were very bad. And the difference is clearly Peyton Rams, who was a transfer from Indiana, and he's come in and really stabilized that offense and given them a little bit of, of a punch offensively. They're still not great offensively, averaging about 360 or so yards a game, but still much better, much more efficient than they were last year. They're competent, which is better than where they were a year ago. But if you look at Wisconsin, like, who is Graham Mertz? Who is this guy? Yeah, I know he's a you know, former highly rated recruit. He's the quarterback that, they, that they've got. There's a lot of hype coming into the season. And he, uh, 
played nearly perfectly versus Illinois. I mean, he lived up to the hype against Illinois in week one, 20-21, 248 yards, five touchdowns, and the hype train is certainly taking off after a game like that. But then he comes back last week. Yeah, he had COVID, I know. He missed some practice time. That factors into it. But then against Michigan, yeah, they destroyed Michigan, but he was pretty pedestrian. 12-22, 127 yards passing, two touchdowns. Solid numbers. I mean, decent, but he wasn't why they won the game. They ran all over Michigan. So, like, who is this guy exactly? Is he, is he more what we saw against Illinois or is he what we saw against Michigan? Is it somewhere in the middle? Like, what exactly do we know about him? I don't know if we know a ton. So, again, I just I kind of just don't know what to make of Wisconsin. They, they destroyed, yeah, they destroyed both teams they've played, but those teams are combined two and six. Like, again, how good are you? I would love, I'm with you, Charlie, I would love for Northwestern to pull the upset here, and I'll be rooting for that. I think they're going to be in it because they play good defense and they're efficient on offense. But I just think at the end of the day, Wisconsin has a little too much firepower and ends up winning this one with a late, late cover. Give me Wisconsin to win and barely cover the seven and a half. And Charlie, I know that we're rolling along here today, but I want to stop before I forget and remind everyone about my bookie, the best place to take all the knowledge you guys get here on our weekly picks of the week episodes and make yourselves a little cash. A little spending money never hurts with all the holidays coming up here over the next month or so. So get some skin in the game with my bookie where they have the odd boost, lightning deals, free bets all season long. They're sitting there waiting on you guys. And with Thanksgiving right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. So whether you're a first time customer or you've been with my bookie for years, like Charlie and I have, it doesn't matter. There's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands and thousands of game lines, all the unique prop bets, the contests they offer each and every week. So sign up or get reloaded today. Find your edge, make your bet, and get paid, guys. It's that simple. And if sports betting is not necessarily your thing, if you prefer the old school casino stuff, well, they've got that for you guys too. And the best part is, at my bookie, the doors never close with all the classic table, slot, and card games. You can play whenever you want, whenever it works for you guys. You can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. So make the right play, guys. Make the obvious play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to $1,000. It's winning season in my boogie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. All right. Next up, we have a battle among the group of five teams with UCF hosting the Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincinnati is a favorite by six, and all I've been hearing the past two weeks is that Cincinnati should be a playoff contender. Because they should be. Uh, yeah. I know you don't you agree. So? I do. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I mean, I know they're 7-0, but... Have you watched them play? They're very good. I mean, but isn't that different than playing a Power 5 team every week? The American is, okay. I feel like if they were playing group of five, if they were playing Power 5 teams, their depth would not allow them to continue because they would get so banged up that they, they wouldn't be able to... There's some pretty good American conference teams. Like, okay, I, mean, I agree. The American is not the SEC. It's not the Big Ten. It's probably not even the ACC. But how many... Like, how many teams in the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are actually better than teams like UCF and Tulsa and Cincinnati and Memphis and Houston? How many of those teams are better than those teams? I don't think—I think I think those teams can hold their own against most of the teams in the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Maybe a week here and a week there. Okay. I, I see what you're saying, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're going to go play an—you're going to go play a schedule where you have to play Penn State. You gotta play Georgia. You gotta play even Vandy. I mean, come on. We, there's just more money at those programs. Sure. They have bigger, faster, better players, 
Mm-hmm. And if the group of five are playing those teams every week, they're going to get knocked out. And their depth is not going to allow them to keep playing at the same level that they're currently playing. I think that's true. Week of, in and week yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point. That's true of most group of five teams. That's a strong point. And most years, I'm all, I'm totally with you. But this Cincinnati team, you watch them play like they're not an SEC team, but like man, they are really they're really good on defense. They're good on offense. I don't know. Like this is a team that like are they as good as like look at me? Like, who would you put in the playoff right now? Who okay? Who would you put in the playoff over them? So let's say you've got the winner of the ACC championship game, whether it's Clemson or Notre Dame. Okay, they get in. The winner of the of the SEC championship game, probably Florida or Alabama. Let's hope hope to God it's Alabama. So you got Alabama. You got Clemson and or Notre Dame. Who's your third team? Ohio State? I think Ohio State Okay, will get in. okay. And I agree. Probably they'll put them in. Who's who gets that four spot? I bet you they put Notre Dame in. If they ever if they're a one loss, mm-hmm. they probably Absolutely. will. They will. They will. They will. They and will definitely their do that. Name is Notre Dame. Notre Dame or a one loss Oklahoma State that wins the Big Twelve. Yeah. If that one loss to Texas when they outgain Texas by two hundred and seventy yards. Yeah. There's too many other teams you can justify. They won't you're right. Yeah. A group of five they they won't because of the the It'll be like the other year where it was like, was it Notre Dame that got killed? I know that when we played in the Rose Bowl, Alabama killed Clemson. Yes, in the playoff. In the Sugar Bowl. Right. So it's like. Well, they they beat them. Yeah. I mean, you watch the Rose Bowl and then you watch the Sugar Bowl and you're like, these are two totally different games. Yes. Yes. Very (laughs) different games. Um, Yeah. I just don't think that they're going to want to put. even get that far like i'm not convinced that we're gonna have a playoff that we're gonna have it uh yeah who knows don't there you go doing that again i will say cincinnati are they gonna be ohio state no are they gonna be clemson no are they gonna be alabama no are they gonna be notre dame i think they, i don't know they beat clemson but like, i just feel, on feel a like one-off but not i don't think they're gonna be any of those teams on even on a one-off so i will say like i think oklahoma state is but you said they might be able to be notre dame Maybe. Right, but one, that's one team. That's not yeah. 10 weeks not, out of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, that's fair. I just When I watch Cincinnati play, and yeah, it's, it's tough to sometimes tell because they are playing group of five opponent, but that is a really good football team. Like, they're really, really good. And I, I, I respect for them. Now, again, are they one of the four best teams in America? Probably not. But, okay, you've convinced me. What you've convinced me? Yes. I will give you credit here. I get a but win I, I, for the I, day. But I will. I'll say this: like I don't like when people just dismiss them out of hand and say, "Oh, well, they're a group of five team. They're not good. They're not that good." No. I think they can really compete against some high level teams. I think they can really. I'm not saying they can, they're going to beat those teams. I think they can at least compete. But, yeah. Well, I mean, Notre Dame going to the playoff against Clemson a couple years ago, right? They got freaking destroyed. That's about Oklahoma all those years. I think Cincinnati this year is always pretty much as good as Oklahoma has been the past couple years when they got in the college football playoff. They just don't play in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, well, but you've convinced me. I'll give, I'll anyways, give, you, I'll give you this round. Cincinnati can score, so I think they're gonna win and cover this one. Go Bearcats! Go Bearcats! All right. Uh, I, and I just realized last week, by the way, this is totally embarrassing. I just realized I was just curious. I was looking this up. I was like, what, a Bearcat? Is this a real thing? So I looked it up, and bear, apparently, Charlie, did you know this? Bearcats are real animals. There's a real animal that's a Bearcat. Yeah, I always thought it was just like a, a, a like a they want to be unique. You so thought they like, created their own. I animal. thought like instead of a wild cat, like you know, let's be different. Let's go with a bear cat. Like I've never seen a bear cat in my life. What? What have you ever been around a bear cat? I, I know that it's an animal. Where do I, bear I cats hope that live? I'm never around. Do they live in in Ohio? I hope that I'm Wh- never around. A Why bear are they the cat? bear cats? Why are they the bear cats? Like, like, let me, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm going to go back in time, 100 or so, however many years ago, when they're creating, like when the University of Cincinnati decides, okay, we, we're going to have athletics. We want a mascot. 
They're like, what mascot should we be? Who said, I know, Bearcats? Like, where did that come from? Are they are they from since? Like, is it a, is it a local Ohioan thing? Like, well, I just searched it, and apparently they're native to Southeast Asia. So, okay, what? Why are why are the Cincinnati Bearcats the oh, Bearcats? And their urine smells like popcorn. Like hot buttered popcorn. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, I did um, know it was an actual animal. I did not know these facts. I just want the background, like why the Bearcat was selected, or it smells like. Or they smell like hot. No, why does pee smell like buttered popcorn? Yeah, there you go. And, and there's always these programs that are just like randomly pick names. Like it's cool. A lot of the programs actually have like stories behind why they are what they are. Like Georgia, we have the story behind why we are the Bulldogs. Go so back to Abraham Baldwin and then the AJC, and there's an article and that whole thing. That there's a reason behind it, right? But and like the North Carolina Tar Heels, there's a reason behind the Tar Heels. But like Cincinnati Bearcats, like what are we like? Are we just trying to find the weirdest name ever? Like, I don't know. That's just, I don't, I just can't wrap my head around that. Sorry. We are spending a lot of time on the Cincinnati. All right, go ahead. Let's go. Yeah, we are. All right, Cincinnati. All right, so no, what, what's your I, pick? I already picked Cincinnati. You picked, all right, it's all right, okay. All right, now. sorry. I was, yeah, I'm, I've lost. The Bearcat thing is just throwing me off. Anyway, this is going to be a good game. I'm actually really excited about this game. Uh, these are two teams that played really close last year in Cincinnati. I was actually at Calhoun's on the River in Knoxville, Tennessee, watching this game the Friday night before um, our game against Tennessee last year, a game that we destroyed them in. Of course, we did because Tennessee sucks. Um, and that was a good game last year. But even though Cincy won, they were outgained by nearly 100 yards by UCF. They benefited from, benefited from three interceptions with a freshman quarterback in, in, in Dylan Gabriel. But guys, again, I'll tell you again, like Cincinnati is legit. They are really, really good. Maybe not one of the top four teams in the country, but they are really, really good. They're balanced. They're lights out on defense. They're top 10 nationally in defense. They're top five in yards per play, holding teams under 300 yards total. Um, and, and you can say, yeah, as Charlie did, well, that's the American Conference. That's true. But they've done that against two top 15 offenses. Desmond Ritter at quarterback has taken the next step. He's a true dual threat guy, a long strider. He's become a better passer, which was, a, was an issue for him last year. But UCF is clearly going to be the biggest challenge for the Bearcats to date. Uh, they're number one in the country, guys. Central Florida is number one in the country in total offense, averaging 619 yards a game. I did not stutter, 619 yards a game. And you might say, well, Tyler, you've got to go UCF since you've been talking for weeks about how good how good offense beats good defense in modern college football. And that's true. I have been saying that. But the difference between us versus Alabama and Cincy versus UCF is that, okay, yeah, it's elite defense in Cincinnati versus elite offense in UCF. Sure. But the Cincinnati offense is far better and far more explosive than our offense is. And Central Florida is giving up 450 yards a game. The Knights are going to score on Cincy. But since he will score more on a poor Central Florida defense. But it's going to be a fun one regardless. I'm really excited to watch this game. It's a 3:30 game. If since he wins this one, I, I was going to say they might sneak into the playoffs. Like they were, I think it would definitely take some, some fortunate things to happen for them. Like Notre Dame's going to have to get upset by North Carolina and then lose to Clemson in the ACC title game. I think you have to have the Big 12 champion has to have two losses. So like it's not impossible, but yeah, I it's it's unlikely. I'll go with you there, Charlie. I think it's unlikely they get in, but they, I think there's still a chance there. Because if it's going to happen, if a, if, a, if a group of five teams is going to get in, it's going to be this year. If that's ever going to happen. With the Big Ten, the Pac-12 playing shortened schedules and, and whatnot. But I, you're right, though. I think it's still highly unlikely. But give me Cincinnati to win and cover. It's going to be a tight one, but I think they cover this one late. All right. The Bedlam series will take place on Saturday with the number 14 Oklahoma State Cowboys rolling into Stillwater to play number 19 Oklahoma. 
Mike Gundy and his boys have had a great year so far, only losing one game to Texas, while the Sooners have had a decent season, but they certainly haven't played as well this year as they have in the recent past. I think the home field advantage will work um, for Oklahoma. I'm going with the Sooners to win, but I think Oklahoma State will keep it closer than seven to make it an interesting day in Oklahoma. I'm excited for this one too, man. Like, other than our game, I think the Cincy game and this Oklahoma Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game, the Bedlam game, these are two, these are two exciting games. I'm, I'm excited for these games. Hopefully they get played. Uh, but look, I, I know you mentioned, Charlie, Oklahoma State lost to Texas back on Halloween night. But I still really like this Cowboy team. They outgained Texas by 230 yards, just had four turnovers. I know you can say, well, just had four turnovers. That's why they lost the game. They outplayed them other than that. And the Oklahoma offense, they're still really good. But Spencer Rattler, guys, he's not Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts yet. He may get there, but he's not there yet. He also does not have the weapons around him this year that they usually have the past couple years. There's no C.D. Lamb out there. There's no Hollywood Brown. They don't have those kind of guys. But Oklahoma State does. They have those kind of guys offensively. They're at full strength. Their three-headed offensive monster is back and at full strength, and they are rolling. And this is the best defense Oklahoma has played all year. It's a top one or two defense in the Big 12 from week to week there with West Virginia. It's kind of like Cincy and UCF, two good offenses that are both going to put up a lot of points, but I think the Pokes defense gets just enough stops. And I think Spencer Rattler, he's still mistake prone. I think he makes a crucial mistake or two. So give me Oklahoma State. I'm actually surprised they're a, t- a full touchdown underdog in this game. Give me the Pokes to pull the upset and keep their slim, slim-ish playoff hopes alive. All right, this next game could get really ugly. I'm talking about the Vols going to Auburn to take on the Tigers at Jordan Air Stadium on Saturday. Auburn has had a typical Auburn year, and Tennessee has now lost four in a row. And yet, Tennessee recently extended Jeremy Pruitt's contract a few months ago. I'm not sure what they were thinking there. Well, that was before he had a four-game losing streak. (laughs) They may be regretting that decision now. I don't think Pruitt is going to be able to inspire his players and coaches after four straight losses, with the most recent loss to Arkansas two weeks ago. I think Auburn will get another win this weekend, and they'll even cover because Tennessee is just going to start falling apart if they haven't already. Challenge accepted. Oh. Okay. So, look, I know. Okay. Maybe, 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 maybe. I know both these teams are going opposite directions. You're right, Charlie. Tennessee losing four straight. Auburn blowing out LSU last time we saw them. But again, LSU is bad, guys. There's a bad football team. And I, I, I think this line, like 10 and a half, like Auburn should probably be favoring this game, but 10 and a half, I saw that number and I was like, huh? I think that's an overreaction to all of that, what's happened recently. Because when you look at these two teams and break down their rosters, I don't think they're all that different. I mean, they both have, they have question, they're questionable in the trenches. They both have inconsistent quarterback play. Uh, although I would say Bo Nix probably has a higher ceiling. The quarterback play for both teams is still inconsistent. They have a coach that either is or has been on the hot seat. Secondaries that should be better than they are, although Auburn has only been playing better of late. Auburn ha- has played better than, than Tennessee. Surely they have played better this year. They're plus 84 total yards in the year. Not great, but better than Tennessee, which is minus 537. But I also say that's kind of misleading because Auburn has not played Alabama yet, while Tennessee has. So that's only factors in their total yards differential. But again, the talent level, when you look at the talent on these two rosters, I just don't think the talent level is all that different. And yeah, again, I know Tennessee is scuffling of late. I get that. And I know Jeremy Pruitt is feeling the heat. And I've loved every second of it. Like I'm, I'm eating this stuff up. But I just got that feeling about this game, which I know is very unscientific, unscientific, but I got that feeling. But let me try to make sense of it. Look, Tennessee has had two weeks to hear how bad they are. 
I you you don't think that Pruitt's gonna be able to motivate them, Charlie. You just said that, right? Correct. But I and I don't know. I mean, Pruitt like his style doesn't motivate me. Maybe it'll motivate them. I don't know. But I fully expect Tennessee to come out swinging this week to try to salvage their season and maybe their coach's job. Who knows? Maybe his job. But the problem is, is that the second that they start going downhill, the second something goes wrong, the wheels fall off. He can't. He can't control himself. Which then means the whole team just completely collapses. He's the anti-Mark Rick. Right. Like, he has no composure. He can't yeah. He can't see past that yes. current play. He sees red. Yes. His, his, his face, his ball, his head, yeah. it all gets red. He, he sees the short term, not the long term. Okay. I like it. Like that, he, that's fair. Like he can't see, like, okay, this is one play, regroup, give him some encouragement, go back out there on the next series. You're right. You don't see him like actually like encourage guys very often. It's just like, blah, it's like bloody murder. I'm going to kill you. It's like, okay, I guess that works yeah, for some people. Yeah, it would work for me. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I do, I expect them to come out swinging. Whether it's their coach or not, like they, these guys got pride and they've heard how bad they are for a couple weeks now. And I think they're going to come out swinging in this game. And on top of that, Auburn has Bama next week. Let's not forget about that. This is a prime look ahead spot. Tennessee struggling. Four-game losing streak. You got Alabama next week. You're still technically kind of alive in the SEC West race, although you're not really, but still kind of technically, mathematically. This is a prime look at spot for Auburn. It really is. And, and Bo Nix, yes, he he plays way better at home. His splits are crazy. His home away splits are crazy. He's way better at home. But I just don't expect him to play like he did against LSU. That was the game of his life, at least as a college quarterback. So far in his career, that's the anomaly. That's not who. That's not the rule. That's not who this guy is game in and game out. I don't think he's. I mean, he can't be that good again. I, I mean, he hasn't shown they can do that two games in a row. And Jared Guarantano, like, he's not good. All right, guys, we, we've established that Jared Guarantano is not good. But saying that, he's capable of moments of lucidity where he plays lights out in an isolated game, like last year against uh, late in the season last year, about this time last year against Missouri, he threw for over 400 yards in that game. Played really well, but that's not who he is game in and game out. But he's capable of those moments, and maybe this is one of those spots. And yeah, we talked all year how the Tennessee offensive line is certainly overrated, but they're pretty good in the run game. And the Auburn front seven isn't very good against the run. They're ninth in the league stopping the run. I think, U- I think UT will be able to establish the run. And Jim Cheney, we know this, guys. Like, say what you want about him. He can, he can scheme up a good game plan. Now, adjustments in-game, that's a different story. But scheme up a, scheme up a game plan, especially when he has an extra week, he, he can do that. I, I, I think Tennessee's going to be in this game. I think it really just comes down to what Bo Nix shows up. What version of Bo Nix do we see on Saturday? And I've got, I, I got to go with an upset special. I like to go with an upset special every single week. So I'm going to go on a limb on this one. And I'm going to take the volunteers to pull the road upset at the site of Jeremy Pruitt's only big win as a head coach. I mean, really, the only big win this guy has is that win against Auburn, what, two years, his first year as a head coach on the road in, in Auburn. So I think he does it again. I think he does it again. I'm going to take a flyer on this one, my upset special of the week. Give me the volunteers. All right. Another SEC game in the primetime window is Mizzou at South Carolina. The Gamecocks have had a wrench thrown in their season with Muschamp being fired last Sunday after losing to Ole Miss, making their record 2-5 and five this season. Former UGA offensive coordinator Mike Bobo will be the interim head coach for the rest of the season. So, good for him. Good for him. Well, he's getting paid a million and a half dollars to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, still, good for good him. Good for him. In addition to firing the head coach, there have been four South Carolina players that have decided to forgo the rest of the season in order to prepare for the NFL draft in the spring. No, you just... 
Yeah, I, I, that's a bad. Look. I, I think it's a no. bad look. It's 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 not against the bowl game. The bowl game. That's I don't like that. That's but well, that's one thing. Like the rest of the season, uh, that's a bad look. Bad look. Those four players have combined for twenty two starts, sixty six tackles, and four of the six interceptions the team has made this season. With all the drama around the program, South Carolina is a six and a half point home dog. I think Vegas got this one right. Missouri will win and cover, possibly by a lot. And let me just say. With the players foregoing the rest of the season, I under okay. So if I was an NFL scout, I would say, hmm, no, nope, I don't like that. You're just gonna quit. Like it's all about you, right? That's just, you, not, you think it says something about your character? And I know the NFL is a totally different thing, and it NFL scouts probably like that they're foregoing the rest of the season because that means that their bodies are sure. in better shape and they're not getting you know thrown around. However, to me, it just says. Me, 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 me. Oh, tough luck. Good for you. Go do what you can. I'm out. Yeah, that's what society's... We've talked about this before in the show, but that's what society's become for the most part. There's isolated cases where it's not, but it's it's all about, take, I got to take care of me, right? I got to take care of me, and who cares what that does to other people? And right. I don't... I And I get, I get that thinking like, okay, you have one chance. You got to make it. I get the thinking. I just have a problem. It's, it's, you, you, can, you can say... That that's the right move because you got to protect your 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 NFL career, but at the same time you also have to have to allow me to call that selfish. Because that it is, it's selfish. You I mean, it's the definition a, of being selfish. You made a commitment, and my question would be, what happens with their scholarship? Like I know they only have like a few weeks left if they were gonna. They get to keep it. Right, but that just. Well, a lot of these guys just no. A lot of these guys will just they'll they'll withdraw from school and they'll just go train for the NFL draft somewhere else right now. Right. But like okay. getting, getting getting college degree to them See, is not the same as you. I know. It's not, I know. It doesn't mean the same thing as it means to you because they're they're going to go a different route than you than I you know. But like it's it's almost like we've we've made a virtue out of selfishness, which I I just don't I can't I can't be down with that. I I get, I get it. I get where people are coming from, but I hope you understand where I'm coming from. I think where you're coming from on this, right? It's just the idea that we're making a virtue out of being selfish. Because that's like you can say that that yeah they got it for themselves, but at the same time you have to recognize that well, is literally the definition of being selfish. And the problem is is that young kids, teenagers see this happening, so yeah. then they think, okay, if I don't want to do something anymore, I don't have to do it. What, is, like, what does commitment mean anymore? Okay, no, you don't have a choice. Like no, no, you don't get to just leave. Yeah. No, you've signed up for it. You made a commitment. You need to finish it and see it through. But I know I am probably not. On I know people are page. like shaking their heads, like cursing at us right now, like calling us idiots while they're listening to this. Yeah. And, and we probably are, but that's just kind of how. I mean, I, I didn't know you were on the same page with me on this. I, I, that makes sense. That sounds like you. Are you kidding me? I mean, we've just never talked no, about you that. Start something, you finish. We've it. never talked about it like that, but that sounds like you. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, where was that? But yeah, Missouri. So, yeah, South so Carolina. you got you pick Missouri. Yeah. And you think by a lot. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I think they'll cover. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. I'm not even, honestly, I'm not even sure. Like, talking about commitment, like, why is South Carolina even playing this game? All these players just opting out. Like, what, what are they doing? They might have too many positive cases. I mean, knows? good I God. Mean, I don't know anything about South Carolina's positivity rate. I'm just saying, you never know. <laughs> I mean, it's not that Missouri's great. They're fine. They're not bad. They're they're fine. But South Carolina is just a mess. I mean, obviously, they are a mess with Muschamp just getting fired. I mean, look, guys, they were 12th in passing yards allowed in the, in the SEC, 13th in pass defense efficiency, giving up an SEC high 18 touchdown passes. 
coming into this week. And now they are without their three top players in the secondary with RJ Roderick, JC Horn, Israel McQuamu, all three opting out. Their three best players in the secondary gone. Their head coach gone. And they're supposed to be better? Like, no, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna be a train wreck in the secondary. And Missouri isn't like necessarily a dynamic passing offense, but they're throwing for 250 a game. Uh, it might be 350, 450 this week. I mean, Connor Baselick, as a freshman, like once he's been inserted in the starting lineup, like that offense has been playing a lot better. He's a good quarterback. He's not elite yet, but he's a good, talented guy. And he absolutely has some receivers to throw to. If Hazleton's back healthy, they've got some guys that, that can make some plays against just a, I mean, a basically non-existent South Carolina secondary this week. That's what it's going to be. Offensively, Kevin Harris at running back is a really great fit for Mike Bobo's pro-style offense. I mean, he's just a throwback, physical running back and five touchdowns, 250 last week against Ole Miss, which is the worst defense in SEC history, probably. But uh, Missouri defense is respectable enough with guys like Nick Bolton, Tyree Gillespie, that I think that they can handle that rushing attack. Now, now I will say that Missouri is battling COVID issues themselves, and, and they're low on players in their own right. But they're at least functional right now. I mean, South Carolina just can't stop anyone. They've given up, try to get this number. They've given up 1,779 yards over the last three games. Do the math on that, Charlie. That's essentially 600 yards a game. That's 21 yards short of 600 yards a game over the last three games. That's a lot. 600 yards a game. And and you have your three best players in secondary opt out? Like, they might give up 900. I mean, no. I mean, Missouri's not that good offensively. But they might give up 600 again. They very well could. So I, 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 I'm, I'm going Missouri to win and, and also cover. I think this is my lock of the week. I mean, this is my lock of the week, right? I mean... How can South Carolina win this game? Say it with confidence. This is the lock of the week. Got it. Go to my bookie right now. I mean, well, don't listen to me. But like, if you want to win some money, I think this is the lock of the week. Noted. Okay. Well, the dogs may get to play this weekend after having an unexpected bye week last week. I guess we'll find out tomorrow, which is Friday afternoon, early. Yeah, Friday comes after Thursday. Well, I know, but thing. people don't know when we're recording. I, I, the, like, the first thing I said was, hey, we're recording this on Thursday at the beginning Did of the you? show. I don't know. Sometimes I don't listen to you. Oh, Anyways, yeah. hopefully this gave the coaches and players an opportunity to get back to the basics and get players more reps, especially at quarterback. Mike Leach's offense will bring the air raid to Athens, and hopefully you got a quick history lesson on it from Tyler in the last Glory UGA podcast. All UGA fans and football fans in general have been talking about Georgia's quarterback situation all season. Hopefully we'll see JT Daniels out there on Saturday, but who knows? Time will tell. We're going to see JT Daniels. Are we? Okay, sounds good. If we play. He's probably the best. Shut up. (laughs) He's probably the best chance we have to cover the 25 against the SEC West Bulldogs. I'm going to go with Georgia to win. I was going to pick Mississippi State to cover, but now knowing that they're down to 54 players. It changes things for you. That changes it. Yeah. So, yeah. Now I'm going to pick Georgia to win and cover. You usually don't like these big spreads. You shy away from them. So the, the number is just killing you. Okay. Fair. I've picked big spreads to be covered in this season, and I've gotten screwed each time. I know. One of them was Bama one time. One of them was us. Yeah, got screwed. No, I picked the under. We don't pick unders on this Not show. What under. are you talking about? I, I didn't pick Georgia to cover when we had, like, who was it? It was a big spread. I didn't pick us to cover it, and then we covered it. Basically, every game we play has been a big spread other than the last two games. <laughs> right, but whatever I choose, I lose. Okay, fair enough. So, anyways, right. what's your pick if we play? 
God, there you are again. Look, let me end the suspense here. We are going to win this game. I'm not going to sit here and try to build the drama. We are winning this football game. No questions asked. By 25? Now, Charlie, I'm with you. That's the question. By 25? Eh, I don't know. Wait, is it 25 or 20? 25. I thought we had it as 20. It's 25. It's 25. Oh, see, now I'm going back and forth. I mean, it goes up and down, but I don't think it was ever 20. It was, I think it opened like 24 and a half, maybe. Okay. No. Mm. No. 25. Mm. Oh, now you're changing? Uh, it's just a lot of points. Make your yeah. Pick. We'll cover. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, like that's the question, but like... I'll say, and I said this on the uh, the preview show on uh, what was it? Whatever Wednesday, I guess is when I recorded that. But Mississippi State, I'll say it again for anyone who missed that. But go listen to it. I think you guys will enjoy that. Mississippi State is arguably the worst team in the SEC, and and I know, yeah, you can say, well, they beat Vanderbilt, so they're not the worst team. Yeah, they did beat Vanderbilt at home, but they also got outgained by like 270 yards in that game, and they benefited from five turnovers. So I think you can still make the argument that they're the worst team in the league. And on top of that, they have all these players opting out and transferring on top of the COVID issues. As, as we're saying here, barely enough players to play if, here I am saying, if we're even able to play. And some teams have been able to overcome that. Like, you know, Wisconsin had all those COVID issues and they go into Ann Arbor and destroy Michigan. Some teams have been able to overcome that when they're equally or more talented than their opponent. But when you were Mississippi State and you were out-talented by miles and miles and miles to start with, and now you barely have enough players to even play, it's going to be tough for them to hang. It's going to be tough, especially when it's a bizarro dog offense that hasn't broken 300 yards of offense in a month and a half and hasn't gone for more than 217 yards in the last three games. And now on top of that, they're facing the best defense they faced all year on the road. So yeah. We are winning this game, and they aren't scoring much. The big question, though, is can we score enough? That is the question. Can we score enough to cover 25? JT Daniels, it's almost certain. looks like he's going to get the star from everything that I'm hearing. If not, he's certainly going to play. George Pickens is back. Kenny McIntosh is healthy. I think Kenny McIntosh was quickly becoming our best running back, our most complete running back before the injury against Alabama. And the Mississippi State defense is good. It has kept them in games. They haven't really been getting blown out in all these losses, except for the Bama game. They lost 41-0, but it's Bama. You expect that. But they are decimated right now on defense. And you got key players opting out. You had Nathan Pickering, who's a former top 100 player. He's a key rotation player in the defensive line. You have the starting safety, Murphy opting out. From what I've heard most recently, they got 22 players on defense right now. They got two deep. That's not much in the SEC, guys. And we've got so much more depth in them, even though we've had some injuries on our own right. I just look, I don't think we're going to put on a scoring clinic by any stretch. We're not there yet offensively. But this is a bad, bad Mississippi State football team. And I think, again, yeah, we're winning this game. You know what? I think we're going to cover as well. I think we finally see some light at the end of the tunnel offensively with JT Daniels at quarterback. And, of course, you know, we're going to momentarily be happy, but we can't enjoy that because everyone's going to start screaming about why wasn't JT Daniels playing earlier. You know that's happening, Charlie, right? If he comes out and plays well, that's what we're going to hear. It's not, it's not going to be like, oh, George's offense played well. It's going to be like, why wasn't JT Daniels playing earlier? Yeah. That's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, dogs win. Dogs cover. The real dogs win. Real dogs cover. But uh, that's it, Charlie, right? That's it? Last one? That's it. All right, guys. That's it for today here on the Glory UGA Podcast. We definitely appreciate you guys joining us as you do each and every week here on our pick shows. We always love these shows. A lot of fun to do. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do. Have a, a safe and fun football weekend. Enjoy that football Saturday, guys. Hopefully, we'll get out there and play. Hopefully, some of you guys will be able to make it to Sanford Stadium. 
and check out the dogs against the Bizarro Dogs. But thanks for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs!